Interior, Arkham Asylum, night. Pan down a dark, dingy hallway lined with metal bars filled with shadowy figures. At the end of the passage, two different shoes step onto the dimly lit concrete. One, a pair of worn brown loafers half covered with tattered, wrinkled khaki pants. The other is a black combat boot with pointed spurs being obstructed with a long black fabric. As the feet move down the hallway, the camera pans up to reveal Detective Jim Gordon and Batman making quick work past the wall of cells. Thanks for doing this, Jim. I'm not sure how much longer I can let you in here. I'm getting pressure from City Hall to begin phasing you out ever since we got those robocops from Amazon. I understand the position you're in, but robot cops can't do the work I can do. I don't care how many poor people they vaporize for stealing from Whole Foods. The pair approach the end of the hallway, which is a reinforced metal door with no window. Detective Gordon takes a keychain out of his front pants pocket, then pauses. Before I let you in here, I need to know what you're expecting to get out of him. We've been at him for two days and he hasn't said a word. He wants to talk to me, Jim. We've done this too many times before. The longer I delay this conversation, the more blood is on my hands. Let me in and shut the cameras off. Detective Gordon nods and unlocks the door. Before going separate ways from the Cape Crusader, he looks up at the security camera in the corner and nods. Shortly after, the light turns off. Batman sits down in a metal chair at a metal table across from a silhouette. A single light hangs from the ceiling. A chilling, familiar chuckle breaks a long silence between the two figures. It's a laugh that can only belong to one person. You've gone too far this time. Of all the murder and mayhem you brought upon this city, even this is a line I thought you'd never cross. At least we scored in our playoff game, Shardy! <laughs> this is no laughing matter, Joker. You won't get away with this. Imagine thinking you're our rival. You're not. Did you enjoy winning your Super Bowl, Shardy? Enough! Batman sends the metal table flying out of frame as he pins the clown prince of crime against the wall. The event doesn't come close to making the Joker break his smile. What did you do with those athletes, Joker? I won't ask you again. Do you know that Mel Tucker is exactly the same as Brady Hoke? Did you know that? <laughs> you know where you locked those kids up with Dr. Anderson. And if I find it before you tell me, I'll make it my mission to make sure you never see the outside of this room again. Where are they? Don't you already know, Shorty? No what? That you've got to pump it up. <laughs> Batman uh, throws jo Batman throws Joker against a perpendicular wall. Two guards come running up to the threshold of the door, one on each side. Lock this door. Don't open it, even to feed him. Joker continues to laugh and squeal. Shardy in the Shardy! background. Shardy! Shardy! <laughs> In the background as Batman walks quickly down the hallway, starting the clock in a race against time. Welcome to Bacon Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was all from the mind of SD, of, of Spartan Dog 97. That was, when you sent me that in a text, I'm like, I had to like just, I forget what I was doing. I had to just like sit there and like, wow, I got to actually read, like I need to read this. <laughs> it was... 
It was it was very good. I was impressed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I loved it. Um, so let's get <laughs> God damn it. Let's get right into <laughs> it. Um, we can talk about uh, we'll talk about the uh, the Joker and his Wolverines in a little bit, but let's talk about our guys. Uh, Carter and Spartan Dog both attended the game. Um, they broke the co-host curse where, you know, I was at the Purdue game where they lost and Carter was at the <clears throat> Ohio State game and they broke it. It was 21-10 kind of, was it midway through the fourth quarter? Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was like more midway through the third. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Michigan State put up 21 straight in the fourth quarter, 21 unanswered to make it a 31-21 final. Uh, Cal Halliday picked it off picked off uh, Davis Bevel to end the game basically with under a minute left when Pitt was driving down the field to try and tie the game or win it. Um, I'll let you guys start since I, I, if we're in the trust tree, I couldn't watch the game live. <laughs> it was Cassie's birthday party with a bunch of her friends. So like it'd be a bad look if I'm sitting in the corner of this basement on the computer watching the game and they're all playing rock band. Um, so Carter, like what, what was you know you have you have family and stuff down in Atlanta like legit family um not you know friends that you call family so like what what was it like being back there like what was what was it like just being in that that environment for our boys oh it was fun uh you know I hadn't been in Atlanta in uh like five years so that was my first time back in a long time it was cool SD and I met up uh we shared a drink and uh we also met up with Cumbo and our boy Disney champs. And we kind of, before the game, uh, sat around and shot the shit a little bit. It was, it was fun to talk to those guys. They're a good time. And yeah, the game was, was, as you know, it was not going our way for a while. And I was thinking, wow, we came, we, I made the 800 mile drive for that. And then, <laughs> and then as it turned out, this game had a very uh, similar feel to the Michigan game where we're trailing by a couple scores and things don't look good with enough time left but as the the mantras go you keep chopping drag them to the deep water they did exactly that I was surrounded by pit fans I was sitting in their end zone and I acted a fool I was making an ass of myself because of how bad I was screaming I was I was telling I was saying the players are going to have jobs at Walmart for the rest of their lives because <laughs> they decided to jump with Jaden Reed or they de- decided to try to tackle Connor Hayward and fans were staring at me and laughing at me and I was acting really wild. And when Cal Halliday uh, picked it off and ran it all the way back, they were going the other way from the end zone that I was in. Uh, but then I see, I see Halliday has the ball in his hands and he's coming our way. Our fans are cheering and I'm thinking, okay, this is the last game that I'll see, the last football game that I'll see as an MSU student. And this is how they're sending me out. So I'm jumping and screaming and, and crying a little bit, admittedly. Uh, the And it was uh, just so much of a fun environment. Uh, and and MBS was awesome. I actually hadn't been to Mercedes-Benz before, but the place is huge and it is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's my... That's my opening thought. Mercedes-Benz Stadium makes Ford Field look like Kelly Short Stadium. I mean, just fucking, it's unbelievable. It looks awesome. It's, it's really it, cool, man. They, they opened the roof, and as they were doing the trophy presentation, they closed it up. So, like, we were, like, watching the roof close. 
And the that lights were green. Yeah, and the lights were green, so that nice. was cool. Uh, you know, meeting up with Carter and and all the other uh, all the other Spartan dogs. Uh, that was awesome. You know, you know I was like, funny. You know, what was funny is actually uh, SD and I were talking about Combo <laughs> before, and then I see him standing about like 10 feet from us. I'm like, wait, is that Combo right there? And then, and then we look at him, we say, oh, Combo. Oh, he looks at us and laughs. That was fun. I, I like the picture he had with um, Alan Holler. That was so funny. <laughs> well, no, was it Alan Holler? Was it after the yeah, game? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Alan Holler. He just looks so disinterested, but then he's like, yeah, I was really fucked up. <laughs> it was the night before. Okay. Who was it then at the game? I got <sighs> Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Yeah. That was so funny. Combo just looks like Steve Smith asked for the picture with him. <laughs> <laughs> and Combo was just like, yeah, dude, I barely remember that. <laughs> so fucked up. Um the fan friendly, the fan friendly pricing on the beer definitely snuck up on me. Um, getting three, they cut it off in the third quarter. Getting three at halftime was simultaneously the best and worst decision I could have made. How, how much were the prices? It was um, seven fifty for a tall for like a twenty ounce domestic. Oh, that's not bad. No, I mean like it's not. You know, I think friendly is a little misleading when you're talking about alcohol. Yeah, but like hot dogs were a buck fifty, popcorn was two bucks, uh, pretzels were two bucks. You know, so I gotta say everything was pretty. Yeah, everything was pretty reasonably priced. You could walk in with a twenty and be pretty good. Like if you don't drink beer, I mean, you could have a beer and then a couple other things. Right? No, definitely, absolutely. That's Um, nice. My girlfriend's my girlfriend's friend got like a peach frosty nachos and like a thing of popcorn all for fifteen bucks. Damn. Did she share the beef nachos with you guys or did she eat all the ones? She hogged all the fully loaded ones, unfortunately. (laughs) That's illegal. She can't do that. We have a rule here. Mercedes Benz (laughs) Stadium has a rule. Um, What was Atlanta like? Did you guys go around it or anything? Like, I've only driven through it twice. So I don't have experience like actually going and hanging out in the city at all. I went out the next night, I went to a couple bars. That was fun. Yeah, I yeah, very uh, hospitable. Yeah, I was I went um I was out with family, so it was kind of tough for me to like kind of go out. Like my family didn't want to like they were so wiped out for the flight and like we didn't give ourselves like a whole day to like explore. Like we flew down Wednesday night. Okay. Thursday was the game and we left the hotel at like 6 a.m. Friday morning. Damn. So we were like we were, it was literally a business trip. Um, so, but no, I like, like, it was cool. I went to the MSU bar in Atlanta, the nook, uh, that place is pretty good vibes. It kind of reminded me of, uh, crunchies a little bit. Uh, I think that was definitely part of the vibe they were going for. A little bit of crunchies. I mean, I didn't try any of their food or anything. I just got a couple drinks because the kitchen was already closed when I got there. Mm-hmm. But I definitely caught crunchies vibes. Um, I went to the College Football Hall of Fame, and that was really cool. Uh, I think they did a really good job with it. Uh, not only like the the preservation part, but I think like if you're if you take kids there, like like school aged kids they're not going to be bored. And I feel like if you take them to the pro football hall of fame, 
they'd be bored. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff for them to do. Like they can run forties and do high jumps and they can kick field goals and stuff. It's very interactive. Um, you can like do like a, you can like fly the Goodyear blimp. So I think it's very, and they had a lot of cool exhibits and stuff. Uh, they had a plaque. Uh, they had like a day in the life of a student athlete and they had like a training section. And one of the plaques was from Ken Manny, <laughs> the, <laughs> old strength, the old strength and conditioning coach, where he's like, you should do the most weight you could do every set. And I was like, ah, <laughs> injuries. That's why they happened. You, you got to build up to that weight, Ken. I'm, yeah. And I'm, it's I'm, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to cut as much time between sets as possible. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you what talking about, dude? Oh, that was so funny. Uh, he had, he but, had good moments here, so don't want to slander him too much. But I, I no. get it. Like, yeah, you look at that and you look at what we do now, it's like, oof, boy, we were kind of kind of behind a little bit. No, I um, definitely – but, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to go – I don't know if I'd go back to Atlanta if, like, I didn't have, like, a – like, I wouldn't tour Atlanta, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like, I wouldn't spend time as a tourist in Atlanta. But, yeah. like – if the lions were playing, like I'd maybe say fuck it and spend a weekend down there. Or maybe like the tigers were like playing the Braves. Right. In a weekend series. I, you know, if people want to go, like I'd definitely do that, but I don't know if I'd like, like I wouldn't go to Atlanta the same way I'd go to like New York city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would like, if I went to not trying to say Disney world, but like, if I drove through it, I'd try to make a day like to go hang out and go watch, go do stuff down there. Like make put aside an extra day, or just drive all the way there and make that our stop. You know what I mean? That way we could spend the night and do some cool shit there. Like that. That's right. what I would try to do if I went to. Yeah, Atlanta. the College Football Hall of Fame is definitely worth it. <clears throat> um, you know the there's some good food there. You can go check out. Uh, you can go check out the park where Richard Jewell was framed for bombing people. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That uh, was the Atlanta bombing. It? Yeah. So, yeah, that that's a good place. Uh, I have a funny antidote about Atlanta before we talk more about the game. Yeah. Uh, while I was standing in line to get tickets for the College Football Hall of Fame, because I wasn't able to buy them online because I was with my siblings and they're college students and they were doing like a free, uh, free tickets for college students thing. Interesting. So uh, we're standing in line and this anchor comes up to the group, you know, comes up to us and she's like, like, can I ask you guys a few questions about Atlanta? And like, nobody was like, everyone was hesitant to do it. I was like, fuck it. I'll do it. And like all her questions were about COVID. <laughs> Like, are you vaccinated? I was like, yeah, I'm vaccinated and boosted. Like, we're all fully vaccinated. A couple of us are boosted. A couple others haven't gotten around to it. I was like, are you worried about COVID? <laughs> and and I said, uh, and I said, honestly, if the government doesn't care about COVID, why should I care about COVID? <laughs> Do you think? I I wish I could see that like clip of you on TV. <laughs> the. The anchor looked so pissed because she knew that she had to interview someone else. That footage wasn't usable, but the camera guy was literally like crying, laughing in the background. Like, <laughs> like if I were there with you, I'd just go to them and be like, "No, just just move on." <laughs> yeah, you know, 
Don't waste your time. <laughs> Move along. Uh, so there's something I want to talk about that um, alarmed me. I watched the game eventually. Like I found the YouTube cut because my Comcast DVR decided to not record the first quarter. So that was, that was a lot of fun. But um, do, can, we, can we talk about the run game? Uh, yeah. Oh, good. I, I calculated I, it to be 1.6 yards per carry. So Carter yeah. and I, so I think um, I actually ran into Cumbo after the game and we were both fucked up and hugging and celebrating. <laughs> and Cumbo goes, are we going to be fucked next year? <laughs> like he just like <laughs> sobers up for a second. Um, yeah. Uh, Jalen Berger is definitely in the driver's seat to get the lion's share of the carries next year. Uh, you know, I, 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 I said this, um, I said this to my, I said this to my dad, um, you know, kind of during the game when we were down, uh, if this is Jay Johnson's audition for what the, uh, for what the post Kenneth Walker era of MSU football is going to look like, then, uh, then that was like the William Hung of, <laughs> of auditions. <laughs> it was so fucking awful that it ended up working out somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it can't, I know we have a kind of stacked room, but it can't hurt to go try to get another guy too. Yeah. It can't uh, hurt. It really, no. I mean, Jordan Simmons averaging 1.4 yards a carry, 16 carries, 23 yards, and that's our leading who, rusher. Yeah, that that's the dude who we ex, we expected to take a leap forward without Kenneth Walker, and it's just one game, but it's not great. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> I I went back and I listened to our pregame podcast or our preseason prediction podcast, oh and. Boy. and and I said the thing I was most excited about was was the room, was the running backs, and Kenneth yeah. Walker and, and Harold Joyner. Uh, Carter and I, we were talking with Cumbo and, and Disney before the game. Uh, we were standing out in the concourse, and, you know, Cumbo asked us, like, who we think is going to be, like, the first back out. And <laughs> when I said Jordan Simmons, all three of them, like, looked like they just smelled a big fat fart, a big wet fart. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, Jordan Simmons, how can I put this nicely? Uh, Jordan Simmons couldn't find a hole if he had one of those runway guys with the flashing sticks, like point him to it. That's very true. I was very alarmed by that. And, um, you know, I'm not going to just harp on it. I, I think Jay Johnson's going to work with Jalen Berger because I think Jalen Berger is already on campus, isn't he? I believe so. I believe he's, I believe he's rolling in with the early enrollees because he's already a college student. So like, and I know we're interested in another, in another Wake Forest target, unless he's been claimed already, unless he went somewhere else. uh, No, he's not announced yet. And also 2020, there's a back out of high school. Okay. uh, Who hasn't signed yet. We're looking at Trevante citizen. That'd be good Um, to get him. Oh yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. It'd be, it kind of, it kind of stemmed the, stem the Tucker can't recruit. He can only like poach other people's players narrative, but not that I give a fuck about that narrative, but 
you get good players where you can nowadays. That's kind of how the recruiting landscape of college football has shifted. And another thing about how the running game went, I mean, yeah, I think we ran for a total of 56 yards. And I think this year we've seen Kenneth Walker get more than that on runs by himself. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was very clear that we were missing uh, Kenneth Walker. But and, and during the game when when Simmons would go out there, when Joyner would go out there and I like Joyner. It's just I don't think he's a running back who you hand the ball to and, and have him go get you yards. He should slide into what Hayward did this year and do that more because he's much more effective catching the ball and moving in open space. He's not like a uh, behind the behind the line type of guy. And I was saying, you know, when those guys were coming out, I was I was like, where's Elijah Collins? He's better than all these guys, but he didn't he didn't really do anything in his time either. And I feel like it's been a long enough time that he's recovered from the long COVID he had. It's been enough time since he recovered from the injury that they never really disclosed that he had. So I guess this was kind of his golden opportunity to maybe not log himself as a starter next year, but log himself a decent share of carries. But now I just don't know where any of those guys fit in. I mean, I feel like if they get another running back in the portal, if or if they can land Trevante Citizen, I just don't think there's a spot for Simmons or Collins anymore. But I mean, I guess with Collins, he's got one year left, so he'll just ride it out. And then, but Simmons, Simmons should possibly find somewhere else to play. Yeah, I, I agree. I just like Simmons definitely isn't Simmons definitely isn't RB one. Like I join. I think it's burger. Yeah. It's going to be burger. It's going to be burger for sure. I mean, sight unseen with Jalen Berger. I mean, he's, he's going to be the one yeah. for sure. Uh, Joiner at the very least, Harold Joiner is, is very good. I will say this about Harold Joiner. He is very fucking good in, in pass pro. He is an elite pass pro back. And I think transitioning him to that H back slot tight end role that my chonk King Connor Hayward. He was this- so good in the game. So good. So Hayward was good. so important. So good. My chonk oh. King. Boy, I, I've turned the corner on him. Tone time. setter. Tone setter. Low, low man um, award nominee for part of my take, I believe. Did he Snubbed. win? Snubbed. Oh, no. Lost. Wasn't it someone from Army? I don't know. Probably. Okay, that makes sense. That would make sense. Um, I mean, it takes a low man to shoot an Iraqi child, so I understand why that guy won the low man trophy. Better get those out of the way for, <laughs> for this pod, not the, not the one we're doing later. Um, so what I want to – a, a positive I'm going to talk about is welcome back, Jalen Naylor. It was nice to have you back for that one game. See ya. Oh, no. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Marsh gave, See ya. Um, yeah, six catches for 108 yards, um, including an awesome, like, kind of twisting his body, one-handed grab, gets him inside the 10-yard line, and then our boy Matt Coglin does his thing and just misses the easiest fucking chip shot field goal. This motherfucker can make, like, a 54-yarder, but then, like, when it comes to, like, a 30-yarder, he's just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Coglin, Coglin is going to be an elite underwriter at UWM. Um, I can't wait to see where his career takes. So, uh, you know, this, he's going to do great things in uh, 
in that Chinese football league, Donnie does played in for that one year. Uh, Lucas, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. He's going <laughs> to do great in that. And then he's going to just be just be an all-time underwriter. I mean, you won't be able to hand him things to underwrite. You wouldn't be, you won't be able to give him mortgages fast enough. <laughs> um, one nice thing that I will say about Matt Coglin is that he makes me that much more excited for Jack Stone. Yeah. Uh, a nice thing I'll say the, about Matt the Davises, the Davis family has, they don't have any younger children like Zach, Jack Stone's age, right? I hope not. Like we're well, done. We'll pass. Mel Tucker's going to leave him on read. Um, <laughs> I, I will say something positive about Matt Coglin. He is the all time MSU point scorer. And he is a, he was a field goal kicker for us for quite a few years. There you um, go. He, he did. He did have some great moments. Matt Coglin has, has a beard. He does have he a beard. beard. Um, he he got a fucking albatross in golf, but he couldn't make a 30-yarder in the peach bowl. I'm sorry. What what the hell? Uh is that just the sports gods going, yeah, eat shit. Um, so uh, Lucas, as as a fellow golfer, do you think it was like a short par five? He was playing up a tee because he was fucking around and he just was able to drive it. Or do you he think played he played the flung- women's tee or like the senior tee? Yeah, or do you think he flushed? Do you think he flushed it? I mean, look, I've never gotten one, so I'm not gonna like shit on him for how he did it. No, no matter how I, he did it, that's fucking great. That's fucking awesome. But like, it leads me to believe it was a short par five. Yeah, it was definitely a very short par five. He was in wedge length. He caught yeah. the slope right and just kind of rolled in. That's yeah, or he like hit hit a fairway wood or hybrid, and it just had a lucky bounce. And just ran right in the cup. Like that's like it was a flat green. Yeah. It was a flat green sloping down towards the hole. Yeah. He just got it done. Um, I'm gonna give compliment to Peyton Thorne. Um, he did not look good for the middle of the game. And I think part of it was Jay Johnson's play calling was a little suspect. Like he had no protection either. Yeah, he did he didn't and he did a lot. He did he did a great job. 29 and 50. 354 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Um, and he had a fumble, but you know, that was questionable. I, I still think he was down again. The, the pretty bang, was, bang. I believe, I believe Sheehan said if he's down on 10 30, he's down there. I think those yeah. were Sheehan's exact words on Twitter. And yeah. I, and I, I would be inclined that. to agree. And, and let me just say the, the officiating in this game w- was fucking awful. I mean, like they called Connor Hayward out of bounds. He was like three inches from the boundary. And like, you can't go back and fucking review it because where the fuck do you spot the ball? Right. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Well, and then they call the most bullshit false start penalty I had ever seen. It was, I think it was literally the play after. Hayward was like called out of bounds when he shouldn't have been. Uh, the left guard, I don't know who was in at the time, but it was the left guard. Flinched, didn't pick his hand up, didn't like move, didn't start his blocking motion. Literally flinched like, like he had a fucking mini stroke and they called him for a false start. That was one of the most egregious penalties I had ever seen. And I watch, I watch so much fucking college football. 
so much college football. Um, I think, I think Buter or JD Duplane are our guards. I don't know who plays right or left, but those are probably the guys who are playing guard or Jarvis, I think. Probably Jarvis. Um, so, and I didn't really, you know, I watched the Andy H cut on YouTube. So, you know, I saw some defensive plays, but it looked like our, some of our guys got pretty good pressure on um, the pit quarterbacks. Um, who was number 26 that got a couple sacks? Uh, Brandon no, that's Wright. Brandon Wright. Yeah. Sack a converted running back. That's right. Yeah. Converted running back. Uh, Jacob Slade got a sack and a half. Poundershoot got a sack. Barrow and Beasley got a half each. So they got some pressure. And that was something that we were like kind of pissed about the whole year that we just could not get to the quarterback. Well, no. Okay. It's time for Scotty Hazleton slander. Okay. Uh, it's not that we couldn't get pressure to the quarterback. It's that Hazleton never dialed up any pressure because everyone knows when you have a shitty secondary, the thing you do is give the quarterback all fucking day to throw the goddamn ball. Everyone knows it's, it's, it's football one-on-one. I think Lombardi wrote, I think Vince Lombardi wrote about it in one of his books on football. Probably actually did. Fucking like Scotty Hazleton called an okay game. Um, he let a third string cube. Uh, he let a third string QB dog walk us a couple times on a couple drives that I'm, I wasn't psyched about those, but uh, again, I don't really have a say in the matter whether Scotty Hazleton loses his job or not. So I'm going to keep calling for his head anyway, because I don't think he's good and he's going to cost us a game. Uh, and he's going to cost us a game next season. So, you know, whatever, but you know, I will compliment him here. He didn't, he wasn't totally embarrassing. He was partially embarrassing. Yeah. Second half shutout. Yeah. (laughs) Second half shutout with a fucking, I mean, it could have been worse. I guess, I guess a third string QB could have, could have scored on him twice, but yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was, it was, you know, it was our sixth, not, was it our sixth 11th win season ever? Yeah, sixth yeah, 11th right. in school history. Because D'Antonio had one. He had four of them. And then Duffy had one. Perlis had the other one. Perlis had the other one. Yeah, sorry. That's right. It was only like 10 games when Duffy was playing. And then, or Duffy was coaching. And then Mel Tucker puts his name in the in the record books for MSU. 11 wins, 11 and two. Um, I mean... You know, we we all talked about it at our, you know, you, me and Brett uh, Spartanog talked about it in our season preview, like anything, just getting to a bowl, we would have been happy with. But like, you know, when we went 8-0, it was like, you know, the expectations are changing to where we were thinking, okay, college football playoff might be legitimately an option for us. And it was until we went to Columbus, which... That, that happens to a lot of teams, and it's happened to us a couple times. So Yeah, that fucking liberal Antifa thug, Ryan Day. I can't wait for that motherfucker to go to Chicago. Fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to the Bears. You heard it here first, per sources. Um, I, I'm i just really proud of this team. You know, they, they weren't perfect, but, you know, we've never seen, like, I'd say the closest perfect team was 2013-14. Um, but I'm – 
I'm just so ecstatic for the future and I'm bummed that Naylor's gone. I'm a little confused about it, to be honest, but um, you know, if, if his draft stock's high, he's got to go for it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault a young man for, for bettering his life. But yeah. And, and we have Jaden Reed back for another yeah. year. Jaden Reed I mean, said yesterday he's coming back. That so fired me up, man. I got so excited. That's huge. A, a, a wide receiver room with, uh, with Jaden Reed, uh, Trey Mosley, Montoy Foster, Keon. Malik Carr. Malik Carr in the tight end oh, spot. Tight end. Yeah, sorry. Uh, plus Whatever. with the guys coming in and, and someone who might come later. Maybe. Let's, let's don't know. We'll see. But we'll I got to say about Malik Carr, I was really impressed in the bowl game that one. Um, I don't know if it was a fade route or whatever, but like just he caught a pass and just went straight up the middle for what, like 20 yards, 20. Yeah. They were in a screen for that. Yeah. That was a, that was a screen. That's a play. They should, they should try to throw in every single game. They should use Malik Carr more. He's a big body. He's athletic. I mean, he's, he's going to be playing. I think he's going to get the majority of snaps at tight end this year. I agree. And I'm, I'm very excited for that. Um, You know, if, if him and Keon want to play basketball, uh, I'm okay. I'm, but I'm definitely less okay with Malik Carr playing basketball than than Keon. I'll just be honest because Keon, I think Keon's a freak athlete and he's gonna do. He's just gonna be a freak no matter what. I mean, the improvement he's he's had this season, I think, has been phenomenal, and I think he's only gonna get better. But I I think Malik Carr needs development and tight end. He needs to. He needs to spend time with Cap and the blocking schemes, and he needs to spend a little more time with Hawk uh, catching balls. Yeah. You know, trying to get those deeper routes developed for him. And I think him, you know, just kind of riding the bench next to Steven Izzo and Davis Smith on a on an MSU team, on an MSU basketball team that could make a deep tournament run um, helps nobody. Yeah. It doesn't help Izzo with depth because he's not going to, he, he, he's probably not going to see the floor. Um, and it doesn't help. I mean, not like, not like I'm slandering his basketball ability. He was good enough to be recruited for both teams, but you know, we're talking about a guy who's coming in a month and a half into a season into an offense that is notoriously complicated. And we've seen got, and we've seen full-time basketball players struggle to run the offense. Yeah, so I, I agree so with I, you. so I just don't, I just don't see where the value add for Malik Carr playing basketball is. Keon, I don't care. You know, if Keon gets five minutes a game and shoots two threes a game and does whatever, that's fine because I think he's going to be fine either way. But I, I really, really, really think Izzo should tell Malik Carr to fuck off and get into the weight room. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think, Carter? No, I agree. I don't think it benefits. I don't think it benefits Keon or Malik Carr. I don't think it benefits the basketball team at all for either of them because both of them need technical uh, fixing. I guess they both need to work on their route running. They both need to work on you know just using their body when it comes to football because that's kind of where they're best going to be used. So. Yeah, I, I just don't see. I think it's kind of a waste of time for both of them. But then again, you know, I'm not the one sitting in the meetings. I'm just just watching the games. So <laughs> I do like I do like what 
both of them can be on the football field as receivers. That's good. Okay. I'm, I'm also watching the game. Got Max Christie just knocked down a shot. Yeah. Oh. And he just, and he just, in Hogarth just swatted a motherfucker. Yeah. Hogarth with great defense. <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, he's a I, good defender, man. So, we're, I, I think we're going to take a short break here coming up because I have to poop. And then, um, yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have a we have a very special guest. Um, I might still be pooping when he comes on. Yeah, uh, but we're, so, we're going to get him on anyway. Yeah, uh, you guys will have fun with him, I think. And then uh, we'll talk a little hoops. Uh, you know, some the semifinals. You know, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so, that's going to uh, be a fun semifinal talk. Yeah, Lucas, I legitimately right. have to poop. So can you end the recording? Yeah, I'm about recording. To shit my pants. We'll, we'll be back, folks. So while Spartan Dog is uh, indisposed doing some paperwork, um, we have a special guest on. We have a family member of um, a, a much adored Michigan fan. Hello? Um, hey, can you guys hear me? Can you hear oh, me? Yes, we can, Mr. We have Gary McNamara on joining us. Okay, I sorry. Uh, am I speaking too loudly? I can't hear myself. I'm in, a, I'm in an undisclosed location. No. Uh, I'm in a wine cellar somewhere. We, we can hear you just fine, Mr. McNamara. Okay. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, your son and his, uh, his team season at Michigan. Um, what, first of all, what, what were your thoughts after, after everything ended? Like after you finished 12 and two, it was a disappointing end, but what do you think about the season overall? Well, I think it was a valiant effort, effort from, from those fine group of young Patriots. Um, they definitely uh, stood up for what they believed in. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the pedophilic elite of Alabama and Georgia were just too much to overcome. And, uh, and unfortunately they had to retreat from the college football playoff, but I'm still damn proud of the boys and my son for, for the work they did. Okay. Well, uh, this next question, uh, refers to the Michigan state Michigan game. Um, how disappointed were you in the outcome of that one? I mean, you guys had it and you blew a 16 point lead in the fourth quarter. Um, well, the outcome, the outcome of that game was stolen. Lucas, I object to the, I object to the fact that we blew a 16 point lead. Um, there was shoddy officiating, uh, you know, Mel Tucker after the game flashed a well-known Illuminati symbol, uh, by waving to the crowd. That's an obvious Illuminati thing. Uh, you know, they were definitely working with the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation paid those refs to say Peyton Thorn's shin was down and rob my son of, of a victory. Uh, that game was stolen. Okay. W- would you argue that the Nebraska game was stolen from Nebraska? I would not. That was a free and fair game. Uh, Nebraska just didn't campaign hard enough in Wisconsin and Michigan. Okay. Um, hmm. Carter, do you have any questions? Why I, I, I'm trying to think of some more. Mr. McNamara, there's been a lot of questions and a little bit of controversy surrounding uh, the quarterback position at Michigan. Uh, your son Cade continues to play, but a lot of fans uh, think that his play is a little mediocre and they're calling on uh, five-star JJ McCarthy. What, what, what would you say to those fans? I would say uh, the storm is coming. Trust the process. Kate is only going to continue to get better under Harbaugh's watch. And he is going to send Mel Tucker to Guantanamo Bay 
and have him replaced with a with a lifelike clone. Uh, you know, I think I've been browsing the chance. I know what they've been saying about Cade, uh, and I don't appreciate it one bit. Cade is going to transfer to Fresno State and be a legend. Yeah, but the thing about Cade is he was only responsible for nine touchdowns. I, I got it, guys. I got to go. I'm sorry. I got to run. Uh, it was a pleasure being here. Uh, uh, go, America. Uh, make it great again. Uh, goodbye. Thank you, Mr. McNamara. All right. I think Spartanog's back. Um, you, you missed our good – you missed our friend, Mr. McNamara. Damn it. I was really looking forward to interviewing him. That would have been great. That was uh, like the, the main part of our January 6th uh, um, holiday special. You know, he – he didn't have much time. It looked, it sounded like he was indisposed, but um, you know, we got a lot of good information out of him. So hopefully we can forward that to the right parties and uh, get some justice served for Michigan and for, for our country. Um, we're watching this right now. We're, we'll talk hoops. We'll talk some shooty hoops. Um, it wasn't looking great. Most of this game against Nebraska and we're not going to cover, but we're going to win by double digits more than likely. Um, as we speak, it's like 42 seconds left. Nebraska is about to shoot free throws to possibly cut it to 10. Um, I know Max Christie has had a hell of a night, 21 points, uh, career high for him kind of came at the right time. And, and, um, I think it's a good sign for what, what's to come with our, our schedule is going to get a lot tougher coming up and we need our guys revving on all cylinders. Um, like Carter, what are your what are your thoughts of this game? And like, what what how the basketball team's been since we've been gone? I feel like we I feel like a broken record on this podcast, and a lot of different thoughts about, or a lot of different people have have had a similar thought about Michigan State basketball, and it's just the fact that this team turns the ball over at an absurd rate. I mean, a lot of these turnovers are really just kind of unforced. I mean. Nebraska hasn't had to work for a lot of these turnovers. Like the thing is, is they're just Michigan State just handing them to them, just serving them up. And even against Nebraska, I know that no no game in the Big Ten is easy. Nebraska's six and eight. Uh, they haven't won a Big Ten game yet, but they played really tough tonight. And I think that we should have expected nothing less. Uh, I love seeing Gabe kind of emerge as the leader on the court. You know, he's kind of the one that they they go to when they need a bucket. He's proven to be that. He proved to be that against High Point. He proved to be that against Northwestern. Uh, games we thought that were going to be tune-up games, but ended up being a little bit closer competitions than we thought. But Gabe came up with clutch shots in both those games, and he came up big again tonight. And as you said, Christy, uh, what do you say, 21, 22 points in that one. Malik Hall grabs an offensive rebound. Uh, that's another thing I want to see is a more consistent Malik Hall. Uh, I think we got good Malik Hall tonight. We did not get the best Malik Hall the last couple of games, but uh, today was an encouraging sight. I like seeing I like seeing Joey Hauser come along as well. Um, it, well, it, he's not going to be knocking down five six threes a night, but he is going to get you a couple open looks. He's going to play as good of defense as he can. He gets a couple rebounds. He's a decent enough passer. I think he's a smart player. Uh, and they just need him to be that, you know, he's not, he, I think at this point we can accept that he's not going to be that, that 20 and 10 or crazy, you know, numbers that he, we thought he was going to post, but he's a good enough piece. Um, I like keeping him in the starting lineup, but Walker and Bingham as well. This team has every piece to make a deep run. I think they've got 
perimeter defense, interior defense, shooters, guys who can get you buckets in the post. Uh, I mean, facilitators, they can run the floor. Hogard can defend pretty well. They just have pieces everywhere. And, and I think that, I think that we have a chance to make a deep run. Yeah. I, uh, I, I said this, you know, I, I've said uh, at many points uh, before and during this season that, uh, that the biggest question remaining is going to be leadership. Who's going to be that guy. Who's going to be the one to go, okay, we need a bucket right now. Who's who are we giving it to? And I think in the last five games, uh, Gabe Brown has established himself as that guy, right? Uh, you know, the meme I made, they don't know I'm automatic from this spot. Uh, it, it rings true. I mean, you need, uh, he plays with boundless energy. He's gotten a lot smarter on defense from last year. I think he's not committing as many fouls. He's playing tighter. Um, he's using his body more versus his hands, which is a big determining factor in, in how many fouls are called on him. Maybe not in the big 10 because the big 10 refs are fucking whatever, but um, no, I, I, I really appreciate Gabe Brown's development and kind of um, that leadership role he's taken on and, and he's embracing it. Um, so, and, you know, like I said, um, if, if Malik Hall can just string together a few games where he's solid Right. I don't need, we don't need a Loyola performance from Malik Hall every game where he's scoring 20 and getting double doubles and, and, you know, just playing with his hair on fire. Right. He just needs to like find the middle. Right. And once he finds this middle, look out because there, I, there's, you know, there's not a lot of teams in the Big Ten who are going to be able to stop that team. Yeah. We just went final, uh, 79 67. Uh, a game that you win by double digits at home is and looking at Izzo when he was going over to shake Fred Hoiberg's hand. This looks like a game where he's going to rip those guys in the locker room. Double digit win, it, it doesn't matter. There, I mean, there, there. You can point to a lot of moments where they didn't play very well. Uh, maybe didn't box out a couple times, and obviously the turnovers, getting beat off the dribble a couple times. Uh, I, I don't think those are. I don't think some of those are long term issues. I think they're going to get better as a rebounding team. The turnovers are just going to be what they are just because of the fact that that's just kind of what they've done for the last couple of years. And it's, it's kind of a mainstay. So we just got to hope that we can continue to score as well as we've been able to, because, you know, if, if this team cuts down on turnovers, they're probably beating most teams by 15 to 20 points consistently, but they're winning games, you know, by eight points or seven points because of the fact that they're committing 14, 15 turnovers a game tonight. I think it was closer to 18 or 19. So that has to be cleaned up. I just don't know if it will, because it's been a consistent theme for years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It seems like the turn, like I'm not even phased by the turnovers anymore. It's like, even during our final four run with Cassius, it was like, okay, you're guaranteed 10, 12 turnovers a game. Um, I mean, when they played at their peak, they they weren't doing that, of course, but um, it's just something that hasn't really bothered me in the last couple of years as much as it probably should. Um, I really like what I see out of Brown and Bingham. And, I mean, Hauser, we've shit on him a couple of times. He has some moments of brilliance in these games, and then there's some moments where it's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, he just has this bad turnover, like a bad pass, and or like he just fouls like – on the other end of the court, not even close to the, to the, uh, to their goal. Um, 
but I think this team has the ingredients and I think we're cooking at the right time. And um, our next opponent is the school down the road. It's, it's Ann Arbor, it's Michigan. And, um, and Spartan dog, what did you say before we came back on the air? Oh, Michigan's for sure going to duck us. Yep. They are absolutely going to, they're absolutely going to duck us and then win four straight. And try to claim the try to claim the Big Ten trophy at like two and one or whatever they are. Hey, look, it's the best winning percentage. No, but um, yeah, they're gonna yeah, like Michigan forfeit all the rest of their games and be like, wow, you know, we were three and one in the Big Ten. You know, give us the trophy while it's like Purdue or Michigan State like actually plays all the games. Sorry, Carter, go ahead. Yeah, Michigan has underperformed like probably worse than maybe any team in the country. They came in at what, like number three or number four number to start four. the year. They are that high and they're sitting at, I think seven and six right now. They've lost two big 10 games already. I think they got whooped by Rutgers yesterday and they lost to Minnesota earlier. Uh, so, I mean, but the thing, but the thing is, is I don't want to discount this team at all because of the fact that they're going to be desperate. And this is a rivalry game. I mean, we saw it last year when, when Michigan was playing well and Michigan state was playing for their tournament lives. Michigan State came up with a big performance and won. I know that was at home, but, I mean, it wouldn't shock me to see Michigan give Michigan State everything they have. That's from an intangible standpoint. From, like, a basketball X's and O's standpoint, Michigan Michigan doesn't shoot the ball that well. Uh, they don't shoot the ball that well. They don't have a lot of shooters. Caleb Houston has been off. Uh, Musa Diabate, I feel like, won't be a huge problem for, for uh, Bingham to handle in the post. All I know is, all I know is Caleb Houston is shooting five, is going to make five threes on Saturday. Regardless of the outcome of the game, Caleb Houston is going to be the, uh, is going to be the, oh, look, here comes this ice cold shooter who goes nuclear against Michigan State performance of the game. We should sponsor that. You know what I'm going to do? Because I live tweet, you know, some of, I live tweet all the games I can live tweet. Uh, I'm going to start giving that award out. The ice cold shooter who goes nuclear, the bacon wire, uh, ice cold shooter who goes nuclear against MSU award. The bacon wire icy hot award. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering what Saturday's going to be like if they. I think I think the game's going to go on because Michigan is so fucking desperate that if we go in there and bury their asses, I think you can pretty much kiss their tournament hopes goodbye. Um, cause I mean, we'd be a quad one win unless they make noise in the big 10 tournament. I just don't see them doing it. Like they're, they'd be seven and seven, you know, it'd be tough to, I think they would flirt with 500 or maybe a little over, but they're just, yeah, like you said, it, they're so disappointing. It is alarmingly disappointing. Like if Michigan, if Michigan makes disturbing how bad they are, if Michigan keeps this performance up all season and they don't find themselves um, they're only going to make the tournament because of name recognition. That That's it. They're only going to make the tournament because they're Michigan. The fans travel well. We'll throw them in Dayton, and we'll figure it out. That's what it's going to be. Boy, how funny would it be if they had to play a playing game and lost? Huh. They didn't make the tournament. I wonder what we – I would say they didn't make the tournament, wouldn't you guys? They would. I would. I would, I would be forced to say that they did not make the tournament, correct? Um. So, yeah, and like what before this last before last night's game at, at Rutgers, 
Joe Lunardi is already doing his, you know, projected seedings and all that. And we're a two seed right now, which, okay, <laughs> ecstatic. That's awesome. Two seed, two seed in Duke's region. <laughs> okay. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Um, that How, oh my God, how incredible would it be if we ended Coach K's career? Oh man. We're getting oh. ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's <laughs> stick, let's stick to tonight. Uh you know, this isn't related to like on court stuff, but uh, shout out Robbie Hummel. He's uh, awesome. He is probably one of the best basketball color commentators uh, I have ever, I have ever like, I've I've heard in a while. Uh, you know, Raf's getting up there, and do not be surprised if Raf hangs it up and they hand the mic over to Robbie Hummel because he is spectacular. Knows what he's talking about, you know, smooth, fluid, just it's easy for him. And he's he's relatively removed from playing the game. I think he last played in like what 2012 or something like that. So I mean he's young and a little more relatable. Younger, I guess. I do like Robbie Hummel a lot though. I remember watching him at Purdue. He was a pretty damn good player. And I'm still I have yet to see I have yet to see Josh Langford on Big Ten. I want was on yesterday. Was, was he really? The, oh man! Yeah, he was they doing. Does, the, they they he don't was give doing him Michigan State. No, he was doing studio segments for uh, for the Michigan Rutgers game. Oh, they don't give him Michigan State. That's tough. I want to hear him. Yeah, I feel I, like he gives good angles. I like Hummel. He's not biased. Like he just he tells it how how it's going. Like he tells you how it's going. He tells you what he would do. He he just he doesn't make it sound like you should feel bad for being the fan of another team. Um, and really he's like got. That. And he's gotten a lot more comfortable too. With yeah, that. he knows ball. That, that's yeah, he say. knows ball, and he's gotten that's better at doing knowing. it. Um, he definitely wasn't like a natural talent like uh, Romo was walking oh. into the booth. Like he definitely, there was definitely a learning curve involved. Right. And I think I think Hummel has crushed it this year so far. Uh, I've yeah. I've been really impressed with him. Yeah, I, I'm I'm never disappointed when I turn on when I turn on an MSU basketball game and I see Robbie Hummel sitting in that chair. Right. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I want to look at the hoop schedule real quick. Cause I know after, um, after this week, it gets pretty tough. I think, I think we play Michigan and then I think we play Purdue, Minnesota, no Minnesota mm-hmm. and then Northwest we play Minnesota again and then Northwestern again. And then it's Purdue, I think. Let's see. And then it's like Wisconsin at the end of February. So yeah, it's it's Michigan, then it's Michigan, it's Michigan, then it's Minnesota, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan again, and that rounds out January. And then you play Maryland, then you go to Maryland and Rutgers, and then you have Wisconsin at home. And by no stretch is that easy at all. No. Yeah. Wait. Who? And also, who the fuck made this schedule to where we're playing Michigan twice? We're we're playing Michigan twice before February. That's terrible. It should always be the last game of the year. That's fucked. We're playing so them fucked. three weeks apart. Like that's stupid. yeah. We play them this Saturday and then we play them the 29th. Yeah, it, it should it was perfect how it went in 2019. Like we played them first week of February at Ann Arbor, and then we played them the season finale to win the big to win a share of the Big Ten title. And then we played them in the Big Ten title game. Like that was perfect spacing, in my opinion. Yeah, we what what was our record, Carter? What, and 
believe it was 3-0. I believe they did not lose to Michigan at any point. And I believe they came back from double digits all three games, or was it just two of them? Three. All three. All three. Wow. Per, per sources can confirm that we came back from double digits down. Um, and we also did have a nice win against Northwestern. Um, it was sloppy at first. It was uh, dangerous Knights club kind of sloppy. Um, yeah, they, we had our, we had our hair slicked back for a lot of that game. We were down like 13 points in the first half, came back and won, um, you know, pretty much asserted our dominance and played defense, um, which is just really all we had to do to beat those guys. But we also had a, a win against high point, uh, Tubby Smith's team. Um, and we were down a couple guys for that one, right? Like we were down yep. Bingham. Bingham, Brooks, Christie, and of course, Stephen Izzo. Yeah. Uh, we were down Stephen Izzo. That's all that matters. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like where we're going. I mean, we're what for five and oh, five and oh, four or five and oh in Big Ten play. One, yeah. Two, three. We're 13 and, and, oh, yeah. 13 four and, and oh. two, 13 and two overall against so, High Point. Against High Point, uh, we had our hair slicked back. And then <laughs> against Northwestern, we had uh, spiked up blonde hair. But we it was it was pushed back. It was pushed back. Oh, it was it wasn't back. slicked back. <laughs> People can change. I'm not a piece of shit. Um, I, and so this one's going to be on Fox on Saturday. So we're going to have to deal with probably this giant ass score bug again, which it blows. It sucks so bad. I hate it. We're we're in we're in the age of technology where things should be a little more compact. We have these giant ass TVs. We shouldn't have to do like a big zoom in. It's not like it's all senior citizens watching this game. We need to have like smaller score bugs again. Make make and, small score bugs smaller again. And it's not like I hate the big. It's not like I hate the design of the score bug. Yeah. Right? Like I don't hate how it looks. I hate how big it is. Right. Like it's like it's too. It's too. There's too much traffic. It's the bottom. Like if they got rid of the bottom line during the broadcast, I think it would probably look a little better. Right. But this is just fucking, it's too much. It's too much is going on. It's huge. Um, oh, this is the Poon. Never mind. I thought Penn State was a P, so I was gonna say it's a Poon game. Um <laughs> oh, let's see. I mean, so I don't know. What else do you guys want to talk about before we uh take off? I mean, um, I, think, I think the only thing that really happened was Jaden Reed's coming back. Yeah. Well, there was the college football playoff semifinals. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what we're going to say. To quote the late, great uh, Dennis Green, uh, I believe that's who said this. Uh, you're going to have to look it up, Lucas. I believe it was Den- – I believe the coach's name was Dennis Green. Uh they were who they 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 were who we thought they were. That is Dennis Green. Uh, yeah, the late great Dennis Green, folks. They were who we thought they were. Uh, you know, that's all I can 100% say. Him, yeah. Um, and that that applies to both semifinals. Uh, you know, I think I don't know what the answer is. You know, I just think we need to let NIL and the transfer portal kind of uh, kind of get through the system and have everyone figure it out and get a little more effective at it. 
before we can kind of before we can kind of weaken the SEC um, dynamic over everyone else. Because to be perfectly honest, it's not the conference as a whole. It's it's Georgia and Alabama. You'll get like an LSU or Florida or you know that one year Ole Miss and Mississippi State were really good. Uh, but you'll net, but they're never going to be Alabama in Georgia. So I'm not really sure what the answer is. Um, you know, hopefully Saban retires before, uh, Dabo gets, gets completely revealed as a fraud. So Bama hires him. Um, you know, that that's the only thing I can think of because, they're sure not getting busted for recruiting violations because a transfer posted an Instagram story of him going 80 at a Dodge Challenger in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> That's and awesome. the reaction everyone had was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like they were, Nobody yeah, cares. yeah, there wasn't even like a, uh, what the fuck is this? Like everyone knows the deal with Alabama recruits and no one has done anything for 13 years about it. So it's just like the Tim Heidecker shrug gif. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get to watch the first half of Cincinnati, Georgia, but I heard enough from like you guys, we, we were talking and I, I just was like, okay, I could see this coming. Like it was it reminded me of the Washington, Alabama game a while back where Alabama was just kind of toying with them, you know, like a cat playing with a mouse, like a dead mouse or like, you know, a almost dead mouse. Um, they really didn't have to prove a point against them. Cincinnati just clearly was not. I mean, they didn't get shut out, so good for them on that. But like, they very clearly didn't belong. And no, I mean, they looked overmatched. They they looked flustered. Um, and I just thought that was like I watched the second half. I'm like, oh, this is kind of boring. Like, Alabama's clearly not opening up the playbook at all. Like they're they're. They're full full stop for Georgia and justifiably so. Well, I and I I I want to correct you, Lucas, because I I don't think that Cincinnati didn't belong, right? I I I, I just spoke on that. I don't like using that language because um it it really kind of puts a it stops the the potential for uh, expansion for playoff expansion, right? If if we talk like Cincinnati didn't belong in the playoff, then when we say we should have twelve teams in the playoff, then people uh, like some people we know will go, well, you think Cincinnati didn't belong? Does Cincinnati absolutely deserve to be in the playoff? They just don't have the dudes Alabama does. Nobody in the country has the dudes Alabama does. That's why they're Alabama, right? So, you know, it's just they put up a good fight. You know, I don't think anyone at Cincinnati has anything to hang their head about. Um, you know, they, <laughs> I think by happenstance, unless, you know, unless that liberal Antifa thug Ryan Day does end up taking an NFL job, uh, Luke Fickle's in it for the long haul. And, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to continue to just, they're going to continue to hang around in the national conversation and for a program that's not Alabama or Georgia, uh, that's really all you can ask for. Right. Right. 
I don't, I mean, Luke Fickle's in it for the long haul until Ryan Day leaves. Right. And, and, and then Luke Fickle is the next Ohio State head coach. Yeah, I mean, like that, and I think Cincinnati fans know that, and I think they're okay with that, right? Um, I think if he had taken off to Notre Dame, I think it, I think there'd be a different, um, there'd be a different conversation happening around Luke Fickle right now, but because he he hung around and, and told Notre Dame to kind of that he doesn't want the job, um, you know, they he bought enough, he's bought enough goodwill turning down MSU, which thank you for doing that, by the way, Luke, that was a real clutch move for you. Uh, thank you for your service. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Waffling flake. And the uh, ultimate uh, in, you know, turning down Notre Dame, which like is any Northwest kids dream <laughs> pretty much. Uh, it's, it's cool. And I think, that um but uh, you know the the death star is going to be the death star right uh, uh until we get an ohio state or a clemson or uh you know who who's going to be able to kind of get the proton torpedo into the into the mining shaft into the you know into the exhaust shaft uh, they're going to continue to fuck everything up in their path. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I mean, we got about 10 minutes before this meeting ends and then we'll take a little break and we're going to be on a, we're going to be on another podcast and I'll talk about that before we end. Um, Michigan. We had to hear you. You hate talk. to see it. Oh, you hate to see it. Oh, just would you look at that? Just look at it. Um, we had to hear you shit talk for a month. Um, that you were going to beat Georgia. Georgia. You that you were not scared of their offense. Which I mean, sure, their offense wasn't the focal point of their team this year. Their defense was world class, but you also recruited had by Mel Tucker. By yeah, yeah. Look at who recruited. 90% of that defense, you better be fucking nervous. Um, and, you know, we had to sit there for a month, you know, your, your Heisman finalist, you know, with, with him on the, with him on your side, you know, your you Heisman know finalist who has to, who has to line up three yards off the line of scrimmage so he can build up enough momentum to still get fucking pancaked by the way, that doesn't move the needle for me. I'm sorry. Your Heisman, your Heisman finalist, who was effectively game planned, who, who was played by a high schooler in their scout team prep. That's fuck. I know you guys don't watch letter Kenny, but for the letter Kenny viewers out there, that's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> um, you know, you had, you had a, gar- you had a garbage time touchdown and, you know, and I will go, I have a rant about that garbage time touchdown. Uh, let me just finish first. Um, I, I'll be quick because I know we only got eight, like eight minutes. Um, we had to sit there and listen to you do that for a month, and then you get your shit pushed in. Welcome to the club. Doesn't feel great. Um, we've been there, and we tried warning you that it was going to happen. You didn't listen to us. Like Randy Marsh, we didn't listen. Um, so I'll let you guys go. 
yeah, getting dry dicked by a pissed off SEC team. Uh, doesn't feel great. Uh, also, that gar- because that garbage time touchdown uh, by, by Michigan is exactly why Kirby Smart will never beat Alabama because he's not a killer. Nick Saban would have those motherfuckers stepping on throats. They would have, they would have not put their foot off the gas. They would have put up 50 points on that sorry ass fucking defense. They would have made that. They would have made, uh, what is, what is Brett? What is Brett's nickname for Aiden Hutchinson? Something, something with Instagram, something with Instagram clout, someone with Instagram clout. No, uh, I'm going to have who we call them. whatever. Uh, Someone find out for me real quick while while I'm while I'm working, but that garbage time touchdown is why Kirby is never going to beat Nick Saban because he's a fucking pussy. Kirby Smart is a fucking pussy for allowing Michigan to score that touchdown. To be honest, he's a fucking pussy for letting them score at all. Uh, you know. And here's the thing, right? It we could have had three points at the end of the at the end of the first half versus Alabama, right? We could have. We at we were in field goal range. It would have been a chip shot for God. It was a chip shot for Geiger. No doubts about it. We would have walked into down seven, and you know, you guys would have been you guys would have been making fun of us, calling us pussies, right? For for taking the shot. Go ahead, Carter. It's a uh, Kyle Vandenbosch with IG Clout. Kyle Vandenbosch with IG Clout. <laughs> yes. Uh, Brett, Brett makes Brett is like second place behind Trump for nicknames, uh, from the mind that brought you Ypsilanti Austin day. That's such a good one. <laughs> uh, sleepy, creepy Joe, uh, lion Ted, uh, crying Jeb, just, just classics, classics between, uh, Brett and the, and the Trumpster. Uh, but you know, we could have went down 10-3 and we didn't. We decided to go for it. And it backfired and we lost because Saban's a killer. And we got shut out because Saban's a killer. Kirby's not a killer. Kirby's a pussy. Uh, you know, he's they're never gonna beat Alabama because they're not mentally tough enough to beat Alabama. Kirby's not mentally tough enough to kill Saban. It's like um, I'm trying to find a pop cultural. Uh, I'm trying to find a pop cultural reference. It's like, oh, succession. bring it full circle. Well, yeah, succession with Logan and, and Kendall. Uh, but uh, bring it full circle. Batman and the Joker. Right. Batman. You can argue that Batman probably should have killed Joker a long time ago. But he doesn't do it because he lives by some weird moral code. Uh, Kirby Smart doesn't kill Saban because he's a pussy. Uh, so, uh, thank you, Kirby, for allowing Alabama's reign of dominance to continue, you fucking puss. I look forward to Saban lifting that national championship trophy for the eighth time before he goes out and recruits uh, more five stars. And also, how is Saban getting all these challengers? There's a fucking chip shortage. You can't find a car fucking anywhere in this country. And Saban just has Dodge Challengers on fucking deck to give out to these fucking kids. Is he making these chips themselves? Like, does he does he have a semiconductor foundry that he has the walk-ons work so he never has a shortage of Dodge Challengers to hand out to players? What the fuck? 
Yeah, it, it's interesting to see that, especially with all the dealerships struggling with getting cars that all of a sudden, you know, these new these new kids on the campus get these pimped out challengers or chargers, challengers, whatever, whatever model they choose, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a book that they can flip through and pick out at uh, Nick's office somewhere, like text him, hey, I want this color. I want this feature in it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so I, sorry, I've been zoning in out. Like, I think Alabama's going to win on Monday night. I don't, do you guys? Yeah. Yeah, there's not even a question. I think Georgia's the more the more consistent offensive team. Alabama's a little more explosive, but it's I, mental. It's mental at this mental. point. It's like it. It's like Michigan. It's like Michigan State with with U of M in the nineties. It's fucking mental. They see those helmets. They see those uniforms, and their buttholes clench. They freeze. Yeah, they can't get. They can't get. They can't get over that hump. So I I I truly truly believe that that Alabama is going to win on Monday and it's probably going to be about this. It's probably going to be close to the same margin that it was in the SEC championship game. Right. Yeah. I, I like just it, prove me wrong, Kirby. I think that's what we're all trying to say. Right. Pro- prove me wrong. Yeah, it'd, be I don't nice think- to, it'd be nice to see a not new blood, but like a newer champion win. Yeah. I, you know, I just don't think, I just don't think Kirby can do it. Like I'd like to be proven wrong, but I just, I like Kirby hasn't beaten them once. He hasn't beaten them once. Right. Um, so we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking that next week. Um, we're about to sign off for a little bit. We are going to record another pod in a, just a little while. Um, I'm pulling up the, the person it's a podcast we've been talking to for a while. It's the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast. Um, they talk soccer and, well, they talk football and football. Um, uh, I forget, let's see, they're both, they're both Michigan State fans, so that's pretty cool. Uh, or no, no, one of them's a Michigan fan, I'm pretty sure. We're going to get clarification. This is bad. Are we finally going on a podcast divided? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, Don unblocked so us too. Um, you know, we're we're shaking hands. You know, we're breaking bread. Um, you know, we're making new family. No, we're going on the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast. Um, part of the Touchline Media Group. Um, just looked them up. Uh, looks like we're going to be on their episode for tomorrow. So um, we'll send the link out when it's posted. I've been talking to Asa from the pod. And um, we'll talk to you next week. So, fellas, we'll be talking a little bit. But uh, for the rest of us, until then, uh, go green. Go white. Go white. Listen to touchlines and touchdowns. Yes, sir.